Before we get started, we just want to let you know about a few ways you can support our Grassroots Indie show. You can follow us on social media at No Bad Reviews Pod. We'd love it if you could go to your favorite podcasting app and rate us and review us. Also, please tell a friend about our podcast. And last, you can financially support us on patreon.com slash nobadreviews, buymeacoffee.com slash nobadreviewspod, and you can buy merch at our website, nobadreviewspodcast.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. Hey, we're back with a new episode this week. Um, we'll tell you about it in a second. I'm Jenny, and I run the operations at a coffee company. You forgot to say, this is a podcast where... <laughs> it's been a while. What do we it do? It has been a while. Man, I and mean, I'm trying to do this without editing. We're just going to have to keep rolling. Yeah. Today's episode where we don't do any editing. <laughs> this is an unedited podcast. No fil- Hashtag no filter. Oh. Good. All right, Marcus, who are you? Oh, I'm Marcus and um, down a thumb, but up a dose of positivity. Aw. And some fentanyl. And some fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and I'm the employee of the month for reasons that we'll discuss after the trigger warning. Oh, yeah. man. Anyway, so yeah, this is a podcast where three friends, coworkers, and coffee industry professionals usually get together to try a coffee. But this week, we're going to just tell you about the last crazy couple of weeks that we've had because um, some people have wanted to hear about what's been going on with us. And we're hoping that by doing it this way, we will have no editing or at least very minimal editing because Marcus is incapacitated in a way. Yeah. Um, And uh, I thought of the perfect name. It's a history of the past two weeks. <laughs> I think it's perfect. And we are going to be sipping on some some nice coffee today um, that Steph got from a friend, right? What is what is? Yeah, it? so I always get a really nice Christmas box from my friend Jen who lives uh, in Oregon, just outside of Portland. So this coffee is, the company is just called Good. And it is. Yeah. Good coffee. Sipping on it, enjoying we're, it. We're having the Spectrum. Cocoa sweetness, round body, easy drinking, roasted in Troutdale, Oregon. So thank you, Jen. It's delicious. We're enjoying it. And she there says that that coffee company is located at the at the beginning of the Columbia Gorge, mm-hmm. the gateway to the Columbia Gorge. The, I can so. taste the salmon running. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're kind of getting the coffee review out of the way early, huh? Yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah, good. It. Good coffee company. Go find it. Yeah, buy it online. Right. Find it if you're at the mouth of the Columbia Gorge. <laughs> yeah. Is that the gorge where we went to? And I was afraid of climbing up any higher. Oh, I think so. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, yeah. I think we were there, and I got um, I got height scared, mm-hmm. scared of heights. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And then everybody got really annoyed at me, and then I was like fuck it, let's just go back, go back to Portland. <laughs> and then we had to wait like four hours at the bus stop for the bus to take us back. And we're just, 
everybody else is just watching all of these people climbing up to the top. <laughs> Marcus in particular, he was really annoyed mm. with me that day. I'm giving you my, I would edit that out, that whole tangent out, what you just said, eyes. Yeah. So you can maybe remember that. Those are the eyes. That's me hitting the edit button. Well, people are getting us raw and unfiltered in all of our stupid stories that I'll, don't make it I in. may grow a thumb just to cut that. <laughs> Well, so people keep hearing us talk about Marcus's thumb a bunch. Okay, we're going to get to it. Here's what I think we should do quickly. I've got a timeline of the last six months. I want to run through it so that we can catch people up to where we are. And then we'll get into the history of the last two weeks in a little more depth. Can I say one thing of why we're doing this really quickly? Mm -hmm. We had a viral moment online. We went Uh, viral. We did. It was really cool. Um, We sold $200,000 of coffee in 15 hours, which was unbelievable. Amazing. And then Marcus lost a thumb due to amputation in a workplace accident. So that's how this... So that's our episode. That's our synopsis. That's... (laughs) What we're hooking you for. Do you want to know more about how all of this insanity happened? Yeah. Stay tuned for the next, I don't know, half hour. Four hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So walk us through it. Let's do the doodly doo doodly Aurora, you know, throwback. Yeah. Um, so the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine to, to what? Like January of 2021 is where it really starts because that's when you guys really made the conscious decision to grow the business. Like, this is something you'd been thinking about for a long time. You were very, you tried to be very thoughtful about it. You didn't want to get yourselves in over your heads. I know. That's like the greatest part about this story. <laughs> so January 2021, you hire a food broker. And the idea of the food broker is that he's going to help you grow your business. He's like a go-between between the small business and the large grocery store chains. And he's going to help you do this in a way that's thoughtful and smart and... Coast to coast. Coast to coast. Yeah. Going national. And it seemed like it was happening. Yeah. By April of 2022, you got an order from like a huge national chain. Mm -hmm. And they wanted 6,000 units of coffee. But I would like to say it wasn't the chain that ordered from us. It was the distributor that we were working with who said that the chain had said to them. So this was, we, and I think that's probably a big part of how we ended up in this situation because we don't actually have a direct relationship with that chain. Okay. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and for legalese and all that stuff, we're just going to keep everything generic right now. If you want to know, there's a Tribune article who did their research and, you know, you can you can go into that. But for for all that stuff, we want to avoid any sort of lawsuit. So we're not naming any names um, just, just, just to keep our... They got one less fucking thing we want to worry about, guys. Come on. <laughs> well, That's a break. I also want it to be about us and our experience. Yeah. And I think that when you start naming names, then it becomes more salacious. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to focus on our story because that's actually what we're telling here. So I'm not here to tear down the distributor or the large retailer. I'm here to just share our experience. There you go. So big giant company comes to us and says, Hey, we got this new project. And we'd like to buy it through this other big giant company, the distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to participate? And they said, yeah, 6,000 bags. Can you handle it? 6,000 units, they said. 6,000 units. Right? Which we interpreted to mean bags. Right. right. And you guys at this point are feeling how? 
Sure, that sounds great. It's well, not I was a little apprehensive. It's like it's our. It would have been our biggest order ever, mm-hmm. and we were like, "But we can do this. We got. We got this. We got the team. We got the roaster. We got like we can handle it." Um, I was a little bit iffy about the company, the the end user retailer, because mm-hmm. it's not normally a company that aligns with our values. Mm-hmm. But I figured if we can use this as an opportunity to grow our business in the way that we want to, um, you know, it's like it's like selling out a little bit. But if you're selling out so you can do more good, then I was willing to kind of compromise in that way. Yeah. And for me, it felt like such a win because it was like our team you know, our values, our suppliers, our supply chain, our farmers, everybody, you know, is getting paid along the way and, and paying, you know, paid fairly. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, it felt like it was great. It was like, this could have gone to any other big nameless, faceless organization. So we were super excited to, to be able to have it be our community that got this order. Right. And do some good. So the first order started coming in June, 2022. You were there. I was there. I was there. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it's a it's a little less. That first order, you the were like. The very first order. It's a little less than we anticipated. It's only like 4,500 bags or whatever. Yeah, and I that's remember. that's cool. That's okay. Yeah. And then what happened? Well, actually, I'm curious to know what was your perspective? Because I know my perspective, but I don't know your perspective looking in. This is actually good to get somebody else's perspective as well. Gosh, all the way back to June. You know, at first I felt like, yeah, cool. I mean, I was nervous about the and retailer too, mm-hmm. you know. This is not this is not our favorite retailer. Right. But and that made me like weirded me out a little, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I remember that first um we've worked with Meyer for a while now and I remember um it was a little scary when their first order came in because at the time that was our biggest order yeah. ever for like a thousand bags or whatever it was. Right. And it was like, oh shit, can we do it? But it was so fun to get it done and watch it go out the door. Yeah. And so definitely uh, there was more excitement than concern for this first order. Like it was exciting that we were going to be like putting out all this coffee and bringing in extra people to help. And it was, it was exciting. It was the start of something, you know, cause they said it was, it was going to be good for six weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, like another order like this would be coming in about six weeks to expect it. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot, and I, um, I mean, those orders started coming really fast, though. Like they, I look back at because um, for an article that's going to be released through Daily Coffee News, he wanted to just know some like more firm timelines and dates. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were up over like twenty thousand bags or something within the first two weeks of right. orders. And I didn't realize how fast that came because we also we did two trade shows that month. And I was thinking oh God, the right. distributor trade show was later in the month and Coffee Fest was earlier, but they were actually switched. The distributor trade show was like two weeks into June. It was like June 15th and 16th or something. And we were already 20,000 bags in by then. I know. Like the last few trickled in over the next four weeks, but... The, we got hit hard and we got hit fast. Right. So what ended up happening was that 6,000 units wasn't actually bags. The 6,000 units was actually cases. Cases. Um, well, the, the so there's still, so the, honestly, there's still some confusion because the broker said cases. I, I'm looking at it as like, you, whatever it was, it was a gross mis 
miscalculation. Well, Mark has been trying to figure out where this where this could have come in. He was like, maybe it was like six thousand cases per distribution center, but that's not even right, right because like the smaller distribution centers had much smaller numbers, and then the big ones like Illinois had much higher percentage. So like it couldn't even have been six thousand per DC. So like so just, it, we don't know where this misconception came in. The broker says cases. Marcus was like maybe the distributor meant per distribution center, but those numbers don't add up. All we know, and I went back. I've looked back at this email numerous times, and it is. It's like my mind still can't wrap myself around. How did we get from six thousand units to thirty six thousand bags? <laughs> right. right. That's how. So that's how this little bit of it ends. We think we're filling six thousand bags of coffee within four weeks or whatever. We realize we're filling thirty. Did you say thirty four thousand well, or thirty six thousand bags of being, coffee? It didn't because of a pricing issue on one SKU. Oh, right. They ended up ordering. 34,000 34,000. So that's 18 months of production for us normally. Right. That, like that's the scale of what mm-hmm. we're looking at. Um, so in six weeks? That they needed six delivered weeks. within six weeks. And we had, you guys had two big shows to do over the course of that six weeks. And your only two employees had both requested time off during that six weeks. The same week. Not realizing that that was going to land right in the midst of this mayhem. And we had... You know, Father's Day, Arden's birthday. We had like Fourth of July that happened during that course. It's, a, it's the beginning of summer, man. There's a ton of shit going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, it was insanity. It was so mayhem. real mayhem. We ran out of bags. We had to have our overseas supplier like fast make more air freight those over to How us. How much does it cost to air freight a pallet of coffee bags well, from China? It was. We had two air freights. We had one air freight for. 20,000 bags, that was $6,000. Oh, my God. And then we were like, if they're going to be ordering this much coffee and every week they're going to be resupplying, we ordered 100,000 more bags, and that was over 10,000. That was almost $11,000 to air freight. Wow. Yeah. And they, because, again, the the expectation that they set was, this is only enough for six weeks. So, <laughs> right. you know, once you deliver it, get ready because more is coming. Oh, yeah. my God, scary. So we finished the order in July. We mm-hmm. finish it and like that we did felt good. Twenty one hour days. Yep. <laughs> yeah, great. we that worked so hard. We did such a great job, and we had so much great help. It was exhausting. I was definitely feeling a little like I don't want to call it PTSD, but I'll call it PTS, post traumatic stress for sure. Um, I was like so scared of another order coming in (laughs) um and it it took like a good few weeks to kind of recover from that but it was a lot of the summer but yeah so after all that happened we expected you know we went into so much debt because just we had friends loaning us money family we maxed out all of our cars i have those numbers and i want to read through them it is like i mean it's as much as you would spend on a house it's like you guys bought a house on credit basically Mm -hmm. we sure did um $45,000 $45,000 in personal loans from friends and family, mm-hmm. um, which I know that's what weighed on you more than anything. Yeah, was that was that really you hard. you owed people. Um, $65,000 on your business credit card, $35,000 in a business loan, $60,000 on your personal credit cards. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know the interest rate. Awful. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I know it, but I don't want to know it. Um, you had $20,000 on outstanding invoices, people coming after you wondering where their money was, mm-hmm. um, and you were just tapped out. 
And then $11,000 that was basically your life savings. Right. Right? Like your emergency fund or yeah. whatever, which which is a total of $216,000 of debt. Mm-hmm. That doesn't significantly more than I spent on my house. Well, it's more than we spent on this house. <laughs> oh Look my at this God. house. Um, I would also like to say that that does not – I did not include the figures of the paychecks that we did not pay ourselves. Oh, so like, right. You guys were working for free, basically. Yeah, we had to not pay ourselves so we could pay other people, essentially. And then we had to not pay ourselves guys, so that we could – this is a bummer. Can we just, like, take a <laughs> well, break mean- here and just, like – Throw some, like, no bad reviews, positivity here, because yeah. I'm feeling it. It's feeling really shitty right now. Uh, f- frequent flyer miles? Did you get some of those? You know what? We cards? did get some pretty nice uh, credit card points. There you go. Okay. That there helped you go. fund our vacation that we oh. still managed to take on the cheap this summer. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was definitely credit card points that helped fund our vacation. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Our little road trip that we took. <laughs> right. And the expectation. We is paid taxes on those IRS, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> on credit card points? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Sales tax. Your expectation was to get a check for $250,000. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what you thought you were going to get. So yeah. this was all going to be worth it. They right. said They said once the order's delivered in its entirety, it'll take two weeks for Walmart to pick it up. And once they pick it up, we'll pay you. Okay. Oh. The... The Mart. Yeah. The Mart. <laughs> right. The large national so, retailer. Anyways. They Who said did nothing take... wrong here. We should, we should <laughs> they clarify that, that <laughs> no matter how much we wish we could blame them, they did nothing wrong. They certainly deserve oh, they deserve blame for so much. But in this situation, I mean, who knows? We don't know. We don't know the story. I don't know. We only know our experience. <laughs> That's what the lawyers keep telling us to say. Oh, stop. No, I'm just kidding. So, so yeah. So they said, yeah, once you deliver to us, it'll take two weeks. They'll pick it up and we'll pay you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're good for it. It's fucking, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, them. They're it's the them. biggest one. Like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> We're good. That's and what then, everybody basically kept saying to us. And we started having concerns, like people at the distributor. Um, you know, we even, Marcus ran into somebody at the farmer's market who used to work with this large retailer. And he was like, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, they're good. They're good for they're it. big. If they said they want it, they'll take it. Don't worry. Right. So then weeks pass, months pass, Mm -hmm. nothing happens. Radio silence. No money for you. The coffee is not moving. You can see that it's still sitting in those distributors' warehouses. Um, You describe in your blog post, you described emails from the distributor as cagey and vague. Yeah, they were not (laughs) opening up when we're like, what's going on? They're like, oh, we just need a little more time. They would drop little hints about this or about that. But basically, none of it was looking good. And they were then they started saying like, oh, you should try moving it to new another retailer, you should try selling this to someone else. Um, You know, not saying outright, we're not moving this any longer. So find somebody but they just started making little suggestions like, yeah, you should see. They were like, Marcus was like, can you help us sell this? Because like you guys have all of these relationships and you guys have account managers who can maybe go out and do this. And they're like, here's a spreadsheet. <laughs> you can call them yourself. Which Marcus did. Yeah, I did. And I got us into about 30 new accounts, which is good. We yeah. moved about, over the course of this experience, we moved about 10% of that coffee. Um which is not very not much. A, not a lot, not a small amount because there's still such a large amount that they ordered. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that was just me doing it 
doing doing it on Literally my own. Phone call, like yeah. calling little grocery store chains. Hi, I'm right. Marcus. Can I please Can you sell you some coffee? Take a case. Please. Right, exactly. Um, so we did move some, and we got yeah about thirty new stores, so which that's is cool. Great. That's yeah. I mean because that's the way you had always grown previously was Marcus making phone calls and you guys picking up small stores and small chains little by little. So this is in line with the growth you've had in the past. Sure. And it was progress, but... But not but. enough to, to make it even a, even a dent, right? Like right. less than 10% of Plus, what they ordered. I want to say that we're moving coffee that's much older than we feel comfortable selling. So when we sell coffee to the grocery stores, we like to trade it out when it's between four to six months old. Um, and in actuality, that's not something that we do very often because when we're delivering to the stores ourselves, we're deciding how much to give to the grocery stores. And I don't want to sell them any more coffee than they're going to be able to go through until the next time I'm there. And so when I come back the next time around, I want them either sold out. I actually, ideally, they will have like one to two bags left on the shelves. Mm -hmm. And so for us to be selling coffee that's four to six months old, especially as like a higher end coffee, Mm -hmm. like the people who are going to spend that amount of money on our coffee are not going to want coffee that's four to six months old. They want coffee that's four to six weeks old at the absolute maximum. Right. They want fresh, right. fresh right. coffee. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this was also it's painful. A premium, it's a premium product. Yeah. You know, and part, yeah. of the, part of the price tag and the value that, at least in our opinion, mm-hmm. is, you know, the closer to the fresh, the, the, the roast date, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's painful knowing that we're selling this coffee that's not a good representation of our coffee. Right. So we're trying to sell this best. coffee to move it. I mean, it. it's still like... You know, I mean, we're it's going to do well. No bad reviews, Jenny. I get it, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, ideally, it's not a great representation of what I want a new customer looking at when right. they find our coffee on the shelf. Right. right. So we might be going into these new retailers, but I don't feel like we're showing as good as we should be. Right. And gotcha. we're not giving the customer experience that I value. Right. Right. So it's like we're selling the coffee because we have to sell it, but it's not what I want to sell. Sure. So anyways, but then, yeah, end of October is when we found out. Yep. Okay. So in October, you get official word from the vendor that this deal is not going through. Yeah. Right. And your option, you, the the distributor apologized. The distributor took responsibility and said, we made a mistake. They sure did. But. Well, they said a mistake was made. Oh. They acknowledged a mistake was made. No, they said that they that they basically did take responsibility. They, they blamed. Look, I have they they said that there was a miscommunication from the retailer to how much they needed. Okay, right. And so what they the email came across. So what with it? What we, for you guys? What we end up really only needing is like a thousand bags across the all the the country. So for the other 33,000 remaining, you can either donate it um, or we can send it back to you. And they're like, we'll handle the donation on your behalf and just send you a tax receipt. So the problem- I'm like, oh, that's so nice of you. Fuck off. <laughs> I know we said we weren't going to rag on them, but that, I'm sorry, that is like out of everything that made me the most upset. Yeah. But it got us... It got the ball rolling to where we are today, which maybe was okay. Um, the problem with a tax write-off, a tax write-off is a, and a donation. These are wonderful things. If you have a, the type of company that's making a huge 
yearly profit. Like if, the distributor. Right. Like the distributor or the store. Retailer. Yeah. The end user. Sure. But for you guys, you basically, your company basically doesn't make a profit. Right. <laughs> right. So there's nothing to write off anywhere. You're just like then in debt $216,000. So mm-hmm. that was not going to work for you. So they said they'd ship it back to you, but. At our expense. Which was going to be. Well, so there's two things there. Because one, they wanted us to ship it back. So we pay for the shipping back to us. So mm-hmm. we have, that's a new expense. Right. And then they also, because of the fees that are associated with, like, transportation and warehousing and inventory, all this and that, it's called landed fee, the, landed the initial, cost. Let's just call it the initial setup fees yeah, is what so they claimed. We're set- roughly amounted to about 15% of the order or just under $40,000 <laughs> that they wanted us to pay them. <laughs> Literally write a check to them before they would release the coffee to us. I mean, where is that money supposed to come from? You were supposed to sell your house or what? And when we asked them not to, when we were like, this was your mistake, uh-huh. we don't think we should have to pay that. They said, too bad. These are non-refundable. Yeah, it's non-negotiable. So that's and when a lawyer got involved. It's negotiable when a lawyer is involved, we <laughs> found out. <laughs> what do you know? Who knew? Yeah. So the lawyer got involved and sent a letter, and then within you know days of them receiving that letter, they were um, they emailed us to work out a deal. And the deal was that they would pay to send it back to us, no fees. You know, basically what it cost us to send it to them, they would they would get it back to us, and we'd be even money on everything. But they did not make that easy because Marcus still has to fill out a bunch of forms yeah. and refund requests and this, that, and the other. So they're not like, oh, in, in we'll take care of, of it. In spirit of no bad reviews, <laughs> um, you know, it's it, it's so out of character for them to do that, right? <laughs> like, they're not used to ever giving these fees back. That's true. That it's like, it is a process because they don't normally do this. Oh, right. All right. So, I get, you know, there's going to be some work involved. But they have been very proactive since then. And I give them credit for being like, yeah, well, you know, like, hey, submit those things because we want to get you the, the money back now. So it's, it, you know, it is out of character and at least they're trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. after the fact. So after the fact of the lawyer getting involved. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, so. so it's good to know that, you know, they have some sort of sense of morality when, you know, a lawsuit is involved. <laughs> right. That's fine. Yeah. Right. We all act a little bit more morally when we know the law is involved. If I see a cop on the street, I'm going to go the speed limit. Right. right. Okay. So um, just human nature. In a way, this is good news because you're going to not have to pay these fees. But, like, then you're faced with this reality. What the fuck are we going to do with this coffee? I mean, it wouldn't even fit (laughs) in the warehouse. You guys had to rent a second warehouse because there's so many pallets of coffee. Right. I still, like, it's mind-boggling how many pallets. Like, 30 pallets. Like, 30 pallets takes up a ton of space. We had so many pallets go out to USPS. It's a literal truckload. A literal giant 52-foot truck full, top to bottom, of boxes of coffee. Well, I put it in my blog in the easiest terms to understand that it would take one person 600 years <laughs> to drink this amount of coffee. Drinking one bag per week, <sighs> so which is the average coffee drinker. Yeah. So that is crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's like if I hadn't seen it myself, I still couldn't imagine it. 
That morning, up until that point, that morning is the most depressed and stressed out that I have ever seen you guys. Like, the, I think up to that point, there was this, like, tiny sliver of hope that something would work. And when the reality hit of, like, all of that coffee on your lap, <laughs> like, it was intense. It was, like, yeah. it was intense. It was intensely sad. It was um, scary as fuck. Like, what are we going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Well, Marcus and I had discussed a few different options for how we were going to move this coffee. And, I mean, we had tried reaching out to other retailers that take, like, old grocery items you know um distressed distressed sales yeah as they call it in the secondary the outlet markets the right i love shopping at those outlet type places those are my favorite stores so and then we had we had interest from one of them but she was just kind of flaky and i mean maybe there's still an opportunity for us to sell coffee to them we don't know yet but um, it was hard to sell it too because it wasn't actually (coughs) in your possession when you started reaching out to these people and so that makes it a little more difficult too yeah exactly and so like i also was like kind of we just anyways the coffee came back to us and the first pellet load was arriving on a thursday and that wednesday night i was like all right i just gotta write this blog post about what has happened and i wrote it because mostly because we had talked about it with friends we had talked about it with family we had posted about it on the business's social media so like the i like what had happened Bits and pieces of it were out there, mm-hmm. depending on when I talked to somebody throughout this course of these six months. Um, but I really wanted to put the full story out there, front to back, mm-hmm. with the conclusion. Um, you know, I wanted to make sure that we had the very end before we really said anything. And we tied it to a fire sale where we decided to just sell these cases for half price you had to buy a whole case but it was half off right and free shipping and free shipping anywhere in the country yeah just so we could move it you know and we just we just didn't want it in our lives we didn't care how much we sold we didn't care what cost we sold it for we just needed it gone so that we could put this period in time in our lives behind us at this point it was still kind of um a dream to break even like Mm -hmm. unrealistic to think that you would break even but that was like the only hope you had i mean there was no hope of making a profit at this point well marcus had a job interview the tuesday after he had already interviewed he had had two interviews for this job and tuesday was his final presentation and guys let me tell you this was a sweet fucking job (laughs) (sighs) it was a very nice job but he was gonna have to work this job just to pay off the debt. Yes. Mark wasn't... Marcus was done, basically. He yeah. was done with the coffee business. He was done with the coffee industry. He was done with trying to run his own business. He was like, I tried it. This didn't work out. If I have to get a new job, I'm not coming back. I'm just going to find a new job, and that's going to be it for the rest of my life. I'm just going to work there until I retire. There was some real sadness around the warehouse amongst the staff, both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're very sad. I was so, sad too. All three of us. You know, my, so heart, sad. my heart just wasn't in it anymore. I, know. Well, I was just like, you know, it's like I've been fighting with everybody for so fucking long to like try and make this work, try and get it off the ground, and then now fighting to, you know, not get fucked, you know, as bad. Yeah. And then just fighting, fighting, fighting that I just I just didn't have any more fight left. This is your eight years into the business? Nine? Nine. Nine, nine years? Okay. Um, 
I want to uh, so let's that's pause. like how close we were. We knew the only way out of this debt was for Marcus to get a job. The business once the we figured once the debt was paid off in a few years, we would just sell the company in off. A few years. <laughs> yeah. And we would just move on and we would be done and I would just like be a stay-at-home mom and Marcus would be working his big boy job and yeah. um I'd never see my family again cuz he'd be working I'd be traveling at least half the time uh, right. down the road, which is fine, which is fine. I'm so grateful that I even had my career to fall back on. Right. I don't want to say like, oh, well, you know, pity me because, you know, I had a great, I had a great, you know, sort of fallback, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I had a, I had a really good career pr- prior to coffee and, and it would have given me an exit that lots of people, you know, don't have that option. So I, I don't want to understate that. I'm really grateful that that was even an option for us. Um, but we did have a path and it would not have really involved coffee for anybody moving mm. forward. It would have just sort of been the, the beginning of the end of Modest Coffee. Yeah. yeah, that's basically where we were at. So then we wrote the blog post. You wrote the blog post, and your hope, I mean, your hope was to sell a couple hundred cases of coffee through that fire <sighs> I, sale, right? I had two hopes. The first hope was, can we can we make enough to pay back the one supplier that's threatening a lawsuit, mm-hmm. you know, so we can avoid that court? <laughs> right. And then my second hope was, gosh, if we could pay back our friends and family, mm-hmm. like that would be sort of ideal. Right. right? And then right. I'll still get the job and I'll still pay everything back and anything left over, like we'll just sort of deal through. So that was my two hopes. My hope was to, this was the, how it was. We had to do what we could selling as much as we could on our own. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to go back to that retailer, the, um, the outlet, the discount, the discount yeah. outlet retailer and say, this is exactly how much coffee we have. My idea was we would put this online, we would get the coffee back, we would inventory it, we would move it around on its pallets and have everything, all the numbers completely squared away. We would probably have some interest for about a week. So like sales would go up for about a week. And Mm -hmm. then after a week or two, we would know how many cases we had sold on our own and how many we could sell. And then we were going to try that retailer. Marcus had a plan. He was like, maybe I'll just load up a truck and go to grocery stores. Tommy boy this shit. (laughs) So that was it. And then we were just going to be done with it. And we figured we maybe would sell, maybe we wouldn't. There might be coffee just going out to food pantries or whatever. And like I said, Marcus has a job. He's, we're working to pay it off and getting out of the coffee business completely. But then you went viral. What the fuck? It was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Once it went onto Reddit. I mean, talk about that day. Talk about that day because it was like the lowest low to the highest high. I was sobbing as I was posting it that morning because I was just so dejected. We had had so many people. We'd had such a hard time even trying to move this coffee. So much indifference um, that exists in the world of grocery that I was just... Like, nobody gives a shit about us. Nobody gives a shit about our situation. Nobody gives a shit about this coffee. Nobody in the nobody in the grocery business right. is who you're talking right. about. No, nobody who can actually move any of this coffee <laughs> right. cares. Right. right. You know, and having friends and family who care about us is great. Like, we love you guys, too, mm-hmm. but you're not helping us sell the coffee, which is what we need. Right. <laughs> and so um, both Marcus and I were sobbing as we posted it. It was kind of like... it was, well, also- it was our story. It was like Jenny just put it all out there. You know, to bear, mm-hmm. and it was just sad to like relive it mm-hmm. again because we've been just you know I I feel like at this point in our lives we we had already grieved it right like we already had a plan and 
you know, to, to kind of make it fresh again was really upsetting. Yeah. Well, and I think that, too, that this is the finality of it. So, like, when somebody dies, you're, like, really upset. But then there's maybe, like, a week or two before the funeral where you kind of recover a little bit. But then that day of the funeral, you have to finally deal with it for the very last time. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit more emotional. So, to me, it was like, all right, I'm. it was, like, that finality of this coffee is back to us. We really have no hope anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we posted online. Yeah. And it started, um, you know, like, and again, we're so lucky. We have so many friends and family that care. And, you know, it's like you see these ripples happen where it was like, it was like our friends and family started sharing it. And then our, you know, our business partners started sharing it. And then their friends and their family started sharing it. And then next thing you know, it's like a friend was like, Hey, it's on the, it's on it's on Reddit. It's on the coffee subreddit, or it's on the the Chicago subreddit, which is like relatively small. I think when it hit the coffee subreddit, which has a million uh, viewers and and um, or million million subscribers, when it hit there, that's when it sort of hit peak virality, and that's where it was really like, you know, it just really blew up. Um, it went insane, and I think part of it, I keep thinking to myself, like we are pretty good people, and we're there for our people, and we're willing to. Um, try to help other people out. And mm-hmm. we're also friends with people who are similar to us. We are have a ton of friends who are just really good people mm-hmm. who are doers and do things. And then those people are friends. So it's kind of like this network of people who are doers. They're mm-hmm. just not people who just sit around fucking not, like not giving a shit about the world. Mm-hmm. I think most of the people we're friends with are really good, pe- decent people. And so when it's getting shared among with other decent people, I think that's also what helped is just like our network of awesome people that we are associated with. And then those awesome people that they associate with. So it's it became quite a community. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah community. And it just spreads out. It was really cool. And then I think too, you figure you can go to the store and buy a bag of six month old coffee for seven or $8. Mm-hmm. Any day of the week. Yeah. Any day of the week. Get a $7 bag of coffee. Yeah. But it's not going to be like a single origin specialty coffee that you're right. going to get. It was a good deal. It was a good on deal. On top of it being, you know, like a like a crisis situation that you needed help with, it, you were also offering a very good price on a good quantity of coffee. Like it was a good deal. Right. Yeah. How, and we made it easy with the shipping too. So, right. Free shipping. Know, right. How long did it take to sell out every single case of caffeinated coffee? 15 hours. 15 hours by 10 p.m. is when we sold the very last case. And it was crazy because Reddit was like, like 30 cases left, 10 <laughs> cases left. It was like this countdown on Reddit, which yeah. was so fun. Guys, it was we so did it. funny. <laughs> it was, yes. So exciting. The internet was so involved and like, yeah, guys, we. Rooting for us. <laughs> it was like they were celebrating. It was really the internet's win. Yeah. I'm like going to cry so, just thinking about it. Again. It was so cute. <laughs> yeah. It was the best. Strangers on the internet. It was so sweet. Then we had like the trolls on the internet like the next day, which was kind of like, kind of like, uh, I don't like this. I do not like being the object of trolls on the internet. I know that now I'm a public figure with a very (laughs) huge podcast and all. So that was kind of like unnerving. I would just call it unnerving. Well, I mean, you know, because there's people that are like, you know, this is obviously fake, right? This is obviously like a marketing scheme, right? Somebody's profiting from this, you know? And it's I just so funny. Into, like, yeah. we're like just a couple of dumbasses. People are <laughs> calling us like these marketing geniuses. If we were marketing geniuses, like, 
we would have ha- fucking waited until the <laughs> now to move it. Right. Asshole. Like we planned six months ago. We roasted 30,000 pounds of coffee six months ago just to sit on it. It was hilarious. It was the funniest to pay my thing. Fucking bills. You, know, know. you can't blame people for questioning. <laughs> right capitalism right, right? i mean true. you know Get it. It, it's uh, you take it personally and it sucks that some people are mean or whatever right. but you know you, you but let people... them hate man we <laughs> sold you know all this coffee in 15 hours That's awesome right. and i checked this morning and there are still a hundred and some odd cases of decaf left if anyone's looking for yeah. some decaf. And it's funny because like that decaf is basically like you know the hole that we still have to cover in the gap but it's still like so much close it's like so much manageable now yeah you know that it's like and, and so many people bought just regular coffee um right at, at yeah. a price and that it's like you know our whole our whole business um and in in my case i don't know jenny's always been pretty positive but i feel like my whole life view and outlook on you know humanity in general has changed um <laughs> you know that it's like it really did i feel like you know we were at the beginning of the end of modest coffee and now i feel like we're at the beginning of like the second life of, of modest the second coffee. life of modest coffee right exactly Aww, we're it at is, the beginning of some, something new right and it's very exciting and i'm mm. i'm so energized and you know were it not for this terrible accident that had happened um you know i, I which we'll get into i'm sure but yeah, I just feel like we were at this point where, where, you know, we were, we were, the light was there at the end of the tunnel, and we were just so excited to sort of see what was going to happen and be the company that we wanted to be. Yeah, you know. Let's um, let's pause really quick and list where. Sorry, <laughs> we won't edit that out. You'll get to hear Cora or Barkley, whoever that was. Let's um, list where people can read or listen and learn more about this this part of the experience because you guys were all over the media. You were on the front page of the Chicago Tribune, Insanity. which is a big fucking deal. How do you get on there? That's oh crazy, right? And then where else? Okay, so yeah, there's a Chicago Tribune article. There's a WBBM, which is a local talk radio. Um, they News wrote, radio. They wrote a little article and there's like a little soundbite. We're on radio. We're on yeah. WGN News. Um, TV. Yep, we were on the TV news. You look also, fantastic, by the way. Thanks. Uh Daily Coffee News is going to be coming out with an article. We've got another. We've got Fresh a Fresh Cup Magazine. Fresh Cup Magazine. Oh, forgot about him. Um, so some of these ones that haven't come out yet, they're doing a little bit more research. Do they just want to verify because they're going to do more like uh, it's less about the coffee and more about the industry and the mm-hmm. like perils of mm-hmm. the coffee grocery industry. Yeah. So those are still coming. Those will be interesting. And of course, Jenny's blog post on the Modest Coffee website mm-hmm. is worth reading because it's just a very detailed account of all yeah. of this. Yeah. So yeah, so after we sold all of these bags of coffee, we got a, there's like a few little hiccups. One, I know we were talking about before we started recording, the square hold. Yeah. That oh, was terrifying. Hold on. Like, let's just say... Like, it was so exciting to sell it all. But then there's the reality, like, you didn't even have all of this coffee back in your warehouse yet. Mm -hmm. It was in fucking transit. And we're talking about (laughs) $30,000 in shipping costs that you guys are going to have to cover. 30 to 50. And you just have to, like... Well, we thought, maybe. Literally, physically get all of these boxes of coffee labeled and out the door. Mm -hmm. And it is, like, way more than... 
anything that had been on your plate before. Well, we so did let's talk do a Black Friday sale once, and I think we sold 100 bags <laughs> in overnight in 24 hours. I think that was the biggest internet sale we'd ever had. Um, so yeah, so talk timeline. about the square sale. So we've got Thursday. We sell so 200. this is like the out of the frying pan into the fryer, fire, fire. whatever. Well, so moment. we're talking, what, December 29th, which is a Thursday, two days before New Year's. So we're talking holiday weekend coming up. We're at one point we're selling a thousand dollars per minute, <laughs> which was insane. Um, yeah, it was every time I clicked refresh, there was like another thirty to fifty orders. Oh, and it was crazy. Wasn't like, it wasn't even a second between refreshes. I was like, as fast as I could click refresh, it was thirty to fifty, thirty to fifty. It was yeah, crazy. So, um, so that night, well, let me just say one quick thing about that too. Selling so much, our auto email system broke down mm. and so a bunch of people didn't get order confirmations so this is just an aside we don't need to go into it but i did have to send out probably one to two thousand emails i've had to answer <laughs> because it also affected shipping confirmations uh, so i've had people like you charged my card but i don't have an email are you legit like, i swear <laughs> to god we're legit you'll get your coffee i promise that's a whole nother side another issue another but. small detail but Part of what's going on in your lives at this point is you have a hundred people coming over for a New Year's Eve party in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah, <laughs> like, which was a, which was such a great celebration, though. I mean, like we you know we had this party planned pr- prior to even like going thinking about going public about what we did, what, what our experience was, and so you know we always we've always done a New Year's party, and it's always been like our our friends, our closest friends, our f- closest family in the community, and so. You know, that was that was like a joyous moment just to have everybody together and sort of our first real party since the pandemic. Right. Yeah. Right. And the best fucking eggnog I've ever had in huh. my life. <laughs> and punch too. Oh, the Thanks, punch man. too. Oh my god. A couple people got really fucked up on that punch, man. Yeah, I'm surprised it was only a couple. <laughs> <laughs> people have started to learn, I think, about your punch to watch out. Um, but speaking of the New Year's party, I was actually really depressed because going back to what you were saying about Square. Right. Thursday night. Square sends us an email. They're like, oh, by the way, we're going to lock your account and all of your money up because we don't know if this is legit or not. Right. So they're like, you got to answer a bunch of questions. Just a tad higher than your average daily <laughs> yeah, <know>, sales. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I answered all of these questions, but because we're dealing with a with a holiday weekend, I answer these questions, and then I don't see that they responded to me until later on in the day on Friday because I didn't get an email notification. I just happened to log into my account. Mm. And they're like, oh, 6 p.m. on Friday. They're like, we need more information. <sighs> and I'm like, okay. So then I'm like oh, freaking out a little bit because they're looking into this. Not that they're looking into it, but because like I don't know what's going to happen because it's so far over. So I start looking onto the internet, which is sometimes useful, but also freaking me Webb out. Jenny Webb this shit. I did. Like, <laughs> they were like, yeah, it's cancer. Worst possible fucking situation. Well, a lot of people were like, Square has held up my funds for six months yeah and you just like would not have been able to ship the coffee we would have had a really hard time with the forty thousand dollars in shipping costs to get this coffee out the door so i spent that whole weekend stressed stressed out Mm -hmm. so upset because we're so close now to the finish line we have sold all of this coffee but now how are we going to move this coffee and so thankfully (laughs) square that monday even though it was an observed bank holiday Still approved it, and then we got all that money deposited on Tuesday. Right, Thank but God. because of this, that 
so we had like this big span. We didn't have any money to start buying postage. So we weren't actually able to really start shipping in earnest until that Tuesday afterwards. So we're five days later. Um, the, so I just feel like there's like all of these time, like this holiday weekend kind of put things, put this big gap in space. So people now are like five days later, where's my coffee? Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten an order confirmation. And it's funny cause I, I, this is what I've been saying prior to this, we had like a hundred wholesale customers and they never bothered us. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we have 4,000 online customers and they all want something right now. Right. Right. Which is like totally normal, right? They haven't gotten their right. order confirmations. Yeah, totally. They're not getting shipping yeah. confirmations. The onesie twosies you can deal with, but you know, because here's the other thing too, right? Is like this, this thing happened and it's on Reddit, right? And, and the, the, people's like the the conversation can shift really fast from like <laughs> well we support these guys to like is it a scam and uh-huh. then all you need is like you know four or five people to be like i experienced the same thing too you know that it like then God. then the chargebacks come and then you're like fucked right, right? Yeah. and so we're like we did me and jenny went really like aggressive i think in our customer service we were responding to everybody as fast as we can we were working all hours of the night and just you know went public with that too like hey this thing happened i, I did this on reddit i hijacked my own comment and we just were like we just wanted to like let people know that yeah our our, our system was overwhelmed and if you have any questions contact us and have we had any chargebacks yet? Knock on one. No, I mean, we've done really good. Most of the coffee's actually been delivered at this point. There's a pallet that was meant for FedEx that got picked up by USPS. Oh, that was the last hiccup. <laughs> Oops. That was like, it was 70 <laughs> orders, I think. Um, and But USPS seems to be shifting those either to FedEx or delivering them themselves. Oh, that's nice. Um, oh, something you said that was interesting was that you kind of had to deal with USPS too. Because when they see somebody suddenly shipping out this many oh, orders. Oh, yeah. That was funny. They were concerned that we were shipping out drugs. <laughs> so, like, the DEA is involved somehow. Like, the USPS has to report this to the DEA that we're shipping out all this coffee. Like, they gave Marcus, like, a rundown trying to understand what, like, a like a severe, like, you know, Like, uh, why stern. do you need this much? Like, wh- we don't normally send trucks to pick up pallets of shipments like ever you know un- unannounced right <laughs> like usually people know right and, and we plan ahead of time so what happened and i just explain the whole story to the postmaster general who i now have on speed dial oh that's sweet my local post office which is great so yeah just thinking of like all the crazy shit that happens when you go viral you've got now all of these customer service i was doing deliveries that week and I was walking through the aisles having to answer customer service emails from my phone because customer service emails kept coming. I'm answering customer service emails at stoplights while I'm waiting for the light to change because, like, this was so big. And I'm like, I need a customer service rep for (laughs) four days. But it's like to train somebody on how to do all of these things in the system and how to respond and answer questions. for four days. (laughs) Right. It doesn't make any sense. It's going to be harder to train somebody than for me to just do this. Right. Story of Jenny's life. Always. Oh, my God. Um, So, yeah, there's customer service emails. There is Square putting our account on hold. Then our credit card. Would not, I made like this huge payment on our credit cards so we could buy our 
like shipping and stuff and earn points. Mm-hmm. They locked up that payment for oh. five business days. <laughs> a whole bunch of our just bank like account kept shutting issues. us down and not allowing us to buy any postage. So Marcus was having to call the bank three times a day, asking them to release more funds. Um, I'm learning that it's probably harder to be like a big time drum dealer than I realized. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> you know, I would say don't even try. I mean, it's not worth it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, the USPS. um, And then just managing all of that. So we start shipping these out on Tuesday. The teens that had helped us put together these orders, it was kind of a really sweet, like, conclusion. They came back to help ship all of these out, which was so cool. They were awesome and amazing. They fucking made Mm. these orders happen. And then. Again. Again, they made them happen the first time. They made them end which was amazing. I took the week off again because that's what I do whenever you guys Fuck, are in the Steph, shit. I have real. a vacation planned. I, I planned the vacation before you posted the blog post. You I know don't what? know what to tell you. I'm sorry. You don't get any more vacation time. <laughs> Every time I take Jenny a vacation. Kibbeth. Take those vacations in your off time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, that's the sweet irony. So, Steph took a vacation uh, in the midst of this again. So but, before we get to the next phase, we're at a, an hour or about 50 minutes. 50? Okay, so, so we'll wrap up like, the thumb in 10 minutes. We'll take minutes. a little break. You know, when you're done with this, we'll, mm-hmm. but we'll take a little break, a little commercial break. Um, and then we'll come back with Giles, the last. Um, yeah. Yeah. The coffee guy. Okay, so just go ahead we'll and listen back. to this, uh, this, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality, single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip-pip cheerio! Okay, okay, now we're back after a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Are you ready to be back? Do you need a second? Um, yeah, that's fine. Okay, so be- let me talk timeline, timeline again. I keep referring back to this because everything happened so fucking fast. So Thursday we have massive orders. That whole weekend was kind of crazy because it was the holiday. We had a lot going on. Tuesday is when we're finally able to start printing labels and shipping them and calling the bank three times a day. And where we have the teens coming in because it's still winter break and they're helping. We've discovered that a pallet got like missing of dark coffee. So we had to roast like 200 cases. Roast label bag bag, box. About 800 bags of coffee. 800 bags, whatever that was. Maybe a pallet. So 140 boxes or whatever it was of coffee. So some people got new coffee. You're, yeah, you're welcome. Some brand new enthusiast and some brand new dark that went out. So yeah. if you're wondering why your coffee is so fresh, it's not that we were scamming you. It's that got you lucky. got lucky. Yeah, right. That was a, a, a winning scratch off ticket for you. Then, so we got. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're trying to manage our own business, deliveries, our regular online, our crazy orders that are still coming in because we're still getting a lot of decaf. That whole week was like media frenzy. So we were having to spend an hour to two hours like of our days, like speaking with the media and doing all of this and that. It was a wild, intense, crazy week. We were still working very late. And then Saturday... Wait, now a lot of people too... A lot of people who didn't get the cases because they sold out so fast mm-hmm. decided to support you by just ordering some fresh coffee. Right. Yeah. A number of orders of fresh coffee 
Huge amount. Was like unlike any week you've ever had in the past. Oh, yeah. So we had so much coffee. You were gone. I probably... I think I counted it up. It was like 60 to 70 sampler sets. Oh, God. Which so awful. each one of those. those is three to four <laughs> small bags. Right. It's yeah. a ton yeah. of work to do those samplers. It is. It's a great Which way. Which we're grateful. Grateful that yeah. people like to try them. I'm not telling people not to buy them. Yep. I'm just saying it is buy like, them now that a Seth lot is back, more work. Though. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I am figure. telling people not to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, just, we... we decided it takes like eight minutes to put together one of those samplers once it's all said and done whereas like the 12 ounce bags are basically automated like 10 like, seconds yeah it, it yeah. <laughs> three seconds three seconds yeah so it was a lot of work that week it was insanity and to cap it all off mm-hmm. we're still in the midst we still have a lot of orders to still get out a couple hundred left yeah what we have a tragedy occur. Well, what? no. Before we get to the tragedy, we there have also a, a, great like a joyous moment. Yeah, because I had been throughout this whole period too. The whole six months, yeah. you've been working on this. I've been working on project. restoring a giant, a sixty-kilo coffee roaster um, that was made its way to us from Italy um, through California, and it was an old wood-fired coffee roaster uh, um, called a Trapatoni. 1970s? 1970s. And I don't know, somewhere along the way in the 70s, it was converted from a wood-fired coffee roaster to a propane coffee roaster. Uh, And then it showed up to us somewhere around April. So I've been working on on converting it from propane to natural gas, converting the electrical from European standard to American standard. So I've been repairing this thing um huge big boy this roaster could have killed marcus just coming off the truck i was thinking about that the other day he's lucky to be alive because that was so terrifying remember with like the little trying to get it into the oh god sorry it was awful that was awful scary that was so scary we got it in we got it in and this this roaster i've been working on really like any free time Mm -hmm. that i have you know i remember one time i had a day off and I was like, what did I do? I went to the warehouse to go work on this roaster. You've been very excited about it. Every yeah. small success, Ugh. like when the gas was working, when this or that was working, very exciting, right. very exciting. So slowly bringing it back to life, because this thing didn't even turn when we first got right. it. Like there was a screw stuck in a gear that I was able to find. And anyways, so um, finally, Saturday, like fucking January the 6th, 7th, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Finally, all systems go. Because we had we Marcus wanted to get it running because we had so many of those dark orders that we had to roast and fill. So this was Marcus's like, okay, I've got this really specific reason why I need to get this big boy roaster up and going. Right. Right like, now. <laughs> I can go from eight hours of roasting to two. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so it's worth it for me to like just get this last little system in place and and get this test run test roast going and so saturday the 7th of 2023 um all systems are go i do the first test roast um comes out it you know it, it had roasted coffee it was great it had new life um for the first time in who knows however many years this was huge yeah. like i cannot 
stress enough how huge it was. It was so scary. Got this thing running. It was so scary and so exciting all at the same moment because it's like, okay, he's firing it up. I'm looking inside that firebox and oh it God, is like huge, huge flames. <laughs> it's so scary. Yeah, 400,000 uh, BTU. So scary. And but so we're both like on edge, like bated breath. Is this going to work? Is this going to be okay? Is something going to go wrong? Like, because anything could go wrong. Yeah. And it went and well. It went well, right. And roasted coffee, and and I noticed there was a small issue in the cooling tray is that it wasn't sucking all of the, the smoke down into the cooling tray. It was sucking some, but not all of it, I remember it should have. I remember saying to Marcus, I'm like, it's really smoky in here. Why isn't the cooling tray pulling enough? Why isn't the it working? The way the cooling tray works is there's an arm that spins around to stir the coffee, and it sucks the air basically out of the room, down through the coffee, and then out the chimney. Right. And so... Um, and so I noticed there was a little air gap where the two, where the roaster connected to the fan and the cooling tray itself connected to the roaster. So I'm like, okay, that, that probably needs to be sealed up. You know, that'll help on the suction. Um, and then there was a little cabinet underneath the cooling tray that when I opened it, it was like, you know, empty. And I look, and I'm like, okay, so maybe there's a gap inside of this here. I want to feel around. Right. So like this coffee is spinning in the cooling tray and the, um, you know, the, the, the um yeah so this cabinet let me just describe it it's basically just so the cooling tray is a big huge round thing i'm sure anybody who's ever seen a coffee roaster knows what a cooling tray looks like it's just giant and round and underneath it it has like a stand and it's just like a circular column probably like a foot like 18 inches in diameter that sits underneath to hold the cooling tray up, and it's all and like one work, piece. And the ductwork attaches to for it. The fan kind of goes into that. All it's all kind of connected to this. And it's but like, you open it, it just looks like an empty cabinet. Mm-hmm. So you right. unlatch this door, you open it. Even if you're squatted down looking into it, it just looks like an open space. Empty. It's like a couple inches off the ground. You have to be on your hands and knees, and you have to put your face right up to the door to see inside. Because right. it's underneath this giant cooling tray, and the cooling trays maybe like two feet off of the ground so you're underneath this two foot two feet up but you're down and next i feel to like we're all like hesitating to tell the next part of the story so <laughs> what happened we're just staging it so that everybody can visualize exactly so where you are just comes out of the roaster it's cooling it's spinning it's doing everything it should the roaster performed magically i stick my hand in there looking for an air draft thinking that i could feel around with there and so i start feeling around and almost immediately my thumb catches a gear um mm. that's up above and um and it gets ripped off Ugh. Sorry, Let's we should have that... given you a trigger oh, warning. Shit. We should at the beginning. You know what? Sorry. People should have fucking figured out what was coming. Right. So trigger trigger post warning. <laughs> Sorry if this is upsetting it to was, you. Uh, it's upsetting to me. Right. It's upsetting to me too. Um, so um, Marcus... these Italians were, were like, I can only imagine the Italian designer being like, it's beautiful. You open the cabinet, you don't see nothing. It's clear. The gear is right above the door door like there's no way to see that gear there unless you stick your head inside the door basically no no sign no warning sign and of course like no you know documentation from the manufacturer because it's a 70 you know 50 or however old it is 50 year old machine Uh um and so i had no clue it was zero it was my first time you know really opening up that cabinet um and no reason to and so i'll um, just say like i knew it was serious like when somebody says 
oh shit, my thumb, or whatever it was that he exclaimed before saying my thumb, normally when somebody says something like that, they immediately jerk back. And it was like in this moment, Marcus didn't fucking move. Because it was still stuck. Right. And then he, it was was like a second. It's like just this moment of hesitation and his left hand goes to like meet the right. And there's this moment of hesitation and then he jerks back. And it was, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden somehow Marcus had paper towels. He was putting pressure on it. I didn't actually see anything. Nobody saw anything in that moment. Marcus didn't even see. He just immediately somehow had paper towels in his hand by the time he was jerked back. I and think my youngest daughter handed them to me. We don't know. I she, Kaya says that I told her to go grab paper towels. I don't remember. All I know is that it all happened. So my memory is so slow, but it probably happened in the moment of seconds. But it was like... In that moment where Marcus didn't jerk back, it's like, I'll never forget that moment that, like, you know that something is wrong. Yeah. It wasn't just, like, a, a little cut. It's like... So we had a uh, work a little workplace accident, you might say, if we want to do our, our positive <sighs> no bad review spin on it. You know? So uh, luckily, like, I was on my way out the door. I hadn't left yet, but I had my purse over my shoulder. The car was warming up. And so all we had to do was, uh, like, shut off the roaster, lock up the doors, and get out. Like, the car was ready to go. It all happened very quickly. <laughs> like, all of us had our stuff gathered for the most part. Yeah, worth mentioning that two of your kids were there Ugh, yeah. when Those it happened. And then we immediately... You know, it's like now here's the funny thing is that I thought I emergency shut down everything, <laughs> um, and I know I shut off the flame because mm-hmm. that to me was like the most you know dangerous and important thing. Mm-hmm. But you told me you went back the next day and, mm-hmm. and the roaster was still on, um, spinning, yeah. right? And yeah. so, um, which is actually a really good thing because if you emergency shut off a big heavy steel dr- drum like that, it can warp. And so um, it cooled off completely overnight and ran. And so obviously, like this thing can run for 24 hours Clearly. without you know <laughs> issue. Um, huh. And so that in itself was a great test run. You, th- it so, was. That was a funny phone call because you sounded. I, I was. I showed up the next day. Jenny wasn't there yet. I walk in and it's just like a cacophony of noise. And I know immediately that it's the big roaster is making this noise. But I've never used it. Like, I've never seen it running. And I, because Marcus kind of, like, rigged it all up himself, it's just totally mysterious. It's just, like, wires and knobs and buttons. There's no, <laughs> there's no like, obvious on-off switch, right? That nothing's labeled. It's all right. just, like, in Marcus's head. Huh. And so I had to call Marcus. And I felt so bad, like... I'm really, how you feeling, buddy? Where were we even? Did you I was at home? home. My it's dad like, and my sister were. Oh, that's know, right. Your family there. was over. Yep. And yeah. you had the skeleton thumb. And right. I was like, I'm really so sorry to bother you, but will you please tell me how to shut off the machine that ate your thumb? And you were so happy. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I'm glad. But it's such a happy accident there because, you know, I could have just lost my thumb and fucked up the roaster, right? right. After all of this months of work right. to have a warped drum that, okay. you know, long, no longer. No, because that Let's thing can. Let's just say in 50 years time, I'm 
100% sure that coffee roaster has at least one time just been shut off without proper cool down. It, but at to, least once. But to go from like hot to, to off, it's, it, it's not meant to do that. You know, it's meant to keep, you know, to cool off gradually and spin so that it doesn't warp. And the, the, how the, the tolerances of this thing. It, it it probably had never done that before because it was still very tight the tolerances and so to have that happen was great so um, anyway so the next day marcus is not operated on yet they didn't operate on him until five days later but sunday he's home he's resting in bed very traumatic experience his family's there we still have to roast all of this dark coffee because that test roast was really just a test roast to clean out the roaster see if it works they're are potential contaminants in that coffee. So that coffee is not usable. So I still had to come in and roast and fucking face this thing. There's no way to express the trauma that was so obvious. Like Jenny having to like 12 hours after that accident, like gotta, gotta still roast the coffee. Like there's no, there's no taking a fucking day off. Mm Mm-mm. It was right. pretty upsetting. This, this seven or eight hundred bags represents probably no, it, like yeah, or however much it was, yeah, twenty orders maybe. <laughs> still, people that are needing their coffee. We got to get this coffee out. We got to get it done. And I feel like I was more motivated than ever. I just wanted, like, it's like we no longer could be focused on this distributor debacle any longer. We had to now focus on Marcus getting better. Right. And the only way we're going to be able to focus on Marcus getting better is to get this coffee out of our lives. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I had to go in and roast for like a good – I roasted for about eight hours that day on the Red Roaster until Marcus called me in tears like, can you please come home? I can't be alone any longer. <laughs> well, Body. I would have been fine, but um, our youngest daughter was like watching uh, – a great horror movie with me called Grizzly. Um, it highly recommended. It was on Shudder. Um, and so, so she, there was a moment though where she bumped her head back. Oh, right. Yeah. And then hit my exposed thumb and. Well, it wasn't exposed. It was underneath the underneath, cup, underneath your padding, yeah, but. Underneath the. Still painful. The bandages, but it was very painful. And I was like, Jenny, can you go home? <laughs> it was so sad. And I was like, yes, I'll come home, Marcus. Um, and so anyways, but yeah, the coffee had to get done. If we wanted to get this coffee gone, it had to be done. And we had USPS coming for their last pickup on Tuesday and I just wanted it fucking gone. Yeah. So this would be now Tuesday the 10th. Yeah. Or whatever. So like literally like a couple days ago. Yeah. We had to get it gone. (sighs) And so I'm taking off work now. Thank God you're back from vacation stuff. You <laughs> could help manage back. stuff. Yeah. Thank God Teresa now. was around to help with these bags. Mm-hmm. We had the teens around to help finish up with labeling. We had um, somebody that we know from the coffee world. She came in to help, and we got it done Monday night. And then, yeah, that's Tuesdays when USPS came to pick up. But they came so early, I couldn't. I didn't even have a handle on where we were or what we were doing. And also, that was a hard day because... Marcus was upset. I was upset. That was just a really hard day on Tuesday emotionally. And I sent the FedEx pallet with USPS. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been an additional nightmare this week. (laughs) But But a small nightmare. A small nightmare. And everybody's been really nice about it. Everybody I've emailed. I've been like, I'm so sorry I made this mistake. Can I give you a complimentary bag of coffee? Mm. Anything you want, just tell me. A few people have taken us up on it. A few people have been like, don't worry about it. Um... So, yeah. yeah, but 
that's all seeming to work out. USPS seems to be sending it off. You had your surgery finally on Thursday. God. Yep. Where so they repaired you. Four days ago. Um, and they gave me fentanyl. I understand why it's so popular. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, had, uh, went under general anesthesia and now all the, all that stuff is worn off completely and I'm, and, um, I'm, I'm on the mend, you know? Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's not been without these emotional days, but, um, you know, gosh, it just all of our friends and family have been so amazing, and it's really hard to to stay bummed when you have such great friends and family. So, it, you know, um, I'm not going to say it's been easy, but they've made it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. So. Every, we have not had to cook a meal for like the past week or so, and also we have so much extra food that people have given us. Aww. We've been putting stuff in the freezer for later. We've got people signed up this next week. We've had, there's like a meal train. People have been sending us money and food gift cards. The bar studio has sent us two meals. Aww. I'd like to give a shout out to Pure Bar in Geneva. Geneva. Thank yeah. you so much. Right. Um, the old Waldorf school has been helping us out. Friends, everybody has been so fucking supportive. Um, yeah. Both financially and with food and with time. Um, so many offers of help to help out around the warehouse because Marcus is going to be out for three to six months. Um, yeah. Um, which is really difficult. I think that's the most difficult thing because, you know, I was so excited to get back and, and right. be roasting and using the new roaster and, and I, I just, you know, on, on reflection, I was talking with Steph about this before recording. It's like I, I realize how much joy I get out of cooking and 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 roasting coffee and just creating like food. There's so much love that I pour into creating what I do. It's like an outlet for me. It's an ex, it's an expressive outlet. So I I haven't been able to do that for you know a couple of weeks, and it's been you know that's probably the hardest. Um, besides not having a thumb and Ziploc bags. Who the fuck designed Ziploc bags, by the way? Try not to be like no bad reviews, but like if you're one-handed in a Ziploc bag, like just a... I saw these ones. cruel, cruel fucking design. You need the kind with the little tab on it. Yes, I was just do. about to... Well, I was yeah. going to also say that Ziploc, I was noticing at Costco has a special style where it has like a little part that has like an extra grippy tab to help you pull it open. Um, it's definitely designed for two-handed operation. I showed you how to do it with my nub when I was pretending to have a nub, though. I know. Yeah. yeah. I've been showing Marcus all the things he can do with his nub by pretending I have a nub. Sure, that's super helpful. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. You're so fucking mobile, Jenny. Great. You will be, too. Marcus, you will be, too. Marcus can't use his entire right hand right now. Yeah, it's it's all wrapped up. So it's like yeah. it's not just that you don't have a thumb. It's that you're like a right. one-armed man at this right. point. Exactly. So it's hard. Yeah. We'll just talk about the surgery <sighs> just quickly. Marcus had two skin grafts because there was a lot of... Trigger warning. Trigger warning. There was a lot of tissue lost um, on the part of your thumb that was remaining. And when there's all that exposed bone, you can't just stitch it up. You have to do a giant skin graft. Um, And that was a pretty extensive surgery because they also had to move a vein so that there could be a blood supply over there. And then that first skin graft needed a second skin graft from another part of your body to go there. So you had all of this yeah. skin moving around. So it's really fucking gruesome. Mm. Um, this, the picture is... The picture... <laughs> I've got a Franken... i got a whole Frankenstein thing going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I try to be positive about it. And I'm like, you know, this is an opportunity to upgrade, right? Like, I get to accessorize with my thumb 
where most people don't. So <laughs> I'm like thinking about the future. I'm like, I'll have a formal thumb, you know, <laughs> I'll have a work thumb, you know, it, maybe if you guys have ever seen enter the dragon with Bruce Lee, like, you know, there's just like a knife thumb, you know, <laughs> we had it. We were joking about like a, like a ratcheting thumb with mm. different like uh, bits to put on the end for yeah. different projects. Could Possibilities work out are really well for you. Yeah. yeah. My neighbor, Kyle, he suggested a vibrating thumb. <laughs> For her, for whatever, for her, yeah. <laughs> for her pleasure. <laughs> so you know, like, um, yeah. So thanks, Kyle, for making it awkward. By the way, right. so, possibilities. Um, this is we are definitely going to earn our fucking like R rating on this episode for sure. So this is, we should put a kid. Um, good morning on this. So one. yeah. Anyways. Um, why would kids be listening to our podcast anyways? <laughs> yeah. We never have said advertised is kid-friendly. Right. No. Well, my favorite thing is that my mother-in-law, Eileen, um, and she was she said that there's an Irish saying, and I don't think you were in the room at the time, but she goes, um, be careful the light at the end of the tunnel because it might be a freight train. <laughs> and I do feel like I got hit by a fucking freight train after all this, like, you know, this like up and down and up and down. And so right when we thought we were done, we were so close. Yeah. And so that's kind of a bummer, but yeah, we got a good team. Um, and, uh, and I'll recover. I'll be back. I'm still like there in spirit and in heart. Um, and you know, we'll, this too shall pass. Yeah. Yeah. I was already prepared to run the coffee company without Marcus. If he was about to get a job anyways. You right. know, it's really not much different than the expectation that I was having, you know, 10 days ago or two weeks ago or whatever it is. Like, that was my expectation in the very not long ago future. So, you know, just do that anyways. Yeah. And my hope and is that... And it's not forever. You know, if even like a s- very small percentage of all these new customers tries our coffee and likes it and wants to get it again... I have a feeling that in like six weeks to two months that we're going to get a lot of repeat orders. And then, hopefully, yeah. And if they, if a small percentage likes it, like our business will double or triple or quadruple even, like it could be really great. And mm-hmm. so just the whole work that I did to get us new accounts and, you know, the, the, um, the future is very, very bright for Modest Coffee despite all this. And so, you know, I just want to say thank you to, all of our listeners and, and our um, friends and family and support that we've received. And um, it doesn't look like Modest will be going away anytime soon because of all of the contributions of individual people. So, yeah. It was really fun to put all those labels on all those cases and see where it was going. The A huge majority of it was all Chicagoland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really felt like it really felt like our people, you know, like our community and their communities and and that was cool. But then it was also cool to see how far away a lot of it was going. The North Pole, Alaska oh. was the farthest one that Marcus and I were thought was pretty That's cool. Cool. I had one to um Hawaii, Captain Cook, Hawaii, wow. I think. Oh. Yeah. Wow. You know it's funny, I think my cousin used to live there. You know, I somebody called me the other day, um, and uh, he said that like uh, it was in California, but he said that like it, our story got shared at somebody's work Slack, who then shared it with him, and then he shared it with his like small business Slack, and it's just like it's just the the it, all of these little like communities, right? It like it 
touched so many people in a way um, that, I don't know, I just feel like we've gotten this big hug from, like, humanity in a way. Yeah. It's yeah. really great. Yeah, I just, I don't know what's next. I was really looking forward to having life kind of settle down a bit and let's <laughs> kind of, like, get into a normal that feels really good where we both just go to work. We work from, like, you know, our eight hours five days a week and then we're off on the weekends and we just kind of relax on the weekends Mm -hmm. or work around the house or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was really looking forward to that. It looks like that's going to be put off for a little while. (laughs) Um, I'm kind of okay with no excitement after this is all done. I want no excitement for ever. I think I've had enough excitement for a while. Yeah, we've got a little bit of uncertainty coming up. Um, Some of our plans may be Mm. on hold. I had Hope that maybe we could do like a little staycation with the kids or do this or do that or go swimming. So we've got a few things that are going to be on hold for a few more months, but that's okay. We don't have to worry about this debt anymore. We don't have to worry about that coffee anymore. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so happy that that's out of my life at least. We've got a little bit of debt left, but nothing unmanageable. Um and everything's going to be all right. And, and it's, it's the United States, so you've got some medical debt now, too. Yeah, but that's normal. But, yeah. Everybody's got medical Everybody's debt. Everybody's got Fuck medical it, debt. You know? <laughs> you know, it's like that's that's gonna, that's gonna another thing that we're going to kind of navigate is we decided to be self-insured. And, you know, we just have to – this is going to test our – our, our theory of how well being self-insured will work. But when you think about the cost of health insurance, we'd yeah. be spending just as much anyways yep. on health insurance. It's so. literally like almost dollar for dollar, like the same. So Yeah, medical bills Crazy. versus insurance premiums plus deductibles. Yeah. And what, what part of your body do you have to rip off to make insurance worth it? I'm yeah. Curious to That's know. That's a good question. Let's yeah. not find out, though. <laughs> <laughs> so um so, so yeah guys, we're just then, uh, navigating a lot but it's okay we're gonna yeah. make it through so who is this experience for no one no one let's never do this again <laughs> never yeah. Yeah, i agree um, <laughs> uh, so, we so hope thank you dear listener for taking this wild ride with us um hopefully there's not much editing here uh, fingers crossed you know i'll i'll give it a listen you know, I got I got I got my left hand. That's what the there. doctor said. I was like, so, uh, like, the are the the surgeon is so like, I don't know what the word for him is, but uh, awkward, awkward maybe. <laughs> Very good at his job, but has some people skills. Maybe he likes his his people passed out more than anything gotcha. potentially <laughs> and I was like, so can Marcus like he probably has to take it easy? Can he do very much right now? And he's like. Well, he has his left hand. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right. That's the answer. <laughs> Just do yeah. what you normally do. Just right. with your left hand. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not like invalid, so it's Are all good. you going to be able to pound the flesh? <laughs> How many weeks until you can get back to pounding the flesh? Dude, say? I am like stir crazy. Let's just say that. Oh, wait. We're talking about handshakes. <laughs> Marcus did actually have that concern come up. He's like, nobody's going to want a salesperson with my hand. That's true. I told him he's just got to confidently go in with his left hand, yeah. and people might have a moment of confusion, but if you're very confident no. in your left hand shake, people will go with it. No, I'm just not going to shake anybody's hand. I'll just like... Pound it? Yeah, I'll just pound it. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and, no, I think, I think the confidence is going to come once I get my nub exposed, and... You know, like, 
yeah, I think that I'll feel better about it once I can shake somebody's hand again. Nobody shakes with their left. That's weird. That's what I'd be doing. I'd just be going in with it confidently. Yeah, I know. But like, you know, you're not a, you're not a sales guy. Nobody, you have to meet people where they are. So just put your nub out there. It's going to be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. I'm just going to start shaking with my left hand. I'm going to make it a thing on your behalf. (laughs) Watch me. Look, you do you. I'm going to. Yeah. (laughs) I would like to put a challenge out to all of our listeners across America and the world. Let's all, we'll do the left hand shake challenge. I'm like, I'm looking. I don't, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't agree with this. You don't have to change. It's okay. No, the world is changing. To for you, you where you are, Marcus, no, it's time. It's, okay. it's about time. No, you know, maybe we should just shouldn't touch each other at all. <laughs> Back to the pandemic. Right. What we've all learned in the pandemic: Nux, no elbows, handshakes. Right. Elbows, exactly. Right. right. You know. All right. Well, so. we should probably wrap up. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Um, so yeah, we'll be back to our. Uh, what's next? You got you did um, research two on weeks, pocket yeah. lattes, okay. right? That'll be a good one. Well, we'll so. give everybody a preview. Normally, we don't tell you ahead of time what we're going to be doing, but in two weeks, we're going to do a chocolate coffee company. Yeah. I'm excited to finally eat this chocolate that we've been staring at. God, <laughs> no, me too. For so long. Jenny was telling me pre-accident all this like history on it, and it oh. looks well. Started to say it was exciting, so I'm excited oh, about good. it. I'm looking so. forward to it. It yeah. seems like a really nice. Um, it seems from what I've learned so far, it's a it's a cool story so far. Yeah. I'm looking. Forward I have to, to go like deeper, a... but I have to I have to go deeper, but on the surface for my five minutes of starting research. <laughs> I think it sounds like a fun story. I think it sounds cool. The guy who started the company seems um, like pretty endearing. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward to like a nice normal yeah. episode next time. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Steph, you want to sign us off? Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.